Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Revelation chapter 4. Let's pray. Father, we feel honoured to be in your house today. And if nothing else happens, Lord God, we've gathered with your people and in your presence. And that's the thing we want more than anything else. Because every time we gather, something happens. Something changes in our hearts and lives. We feel different after we've been to church because of your presence. And so, Lord, as we go into this word, Father, I just pray that our hearts would be hungry above all else to hear from you. That one thought, Lord God, one phrase, one word would shift us closer to you today. Let there be nothing in me, I pray, that hinders this word today. I pray in Jesus' name. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Let there be freedom to speak your word in the boldness of the Holy Spirit, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said. We're in a series uh, entitled The Revelation as we explore this last uh, book of the Bible, the most exciting book of all the Bible, the book of Revelation. Uh, One of the goals of every believer should be to be like Jesus. One of the goals of every believer should be to be like Jesus. In fact, we call ourselves Christians because we are followers or disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and what that means is that we want to become more and more like Jesus every day. And many people would like to say an amen to that. Our goal as Christians is to be more like Jesus every day, to think more like Jesus, act more like Jesus, behave more like Jesus. In fact, a great mission statement for life would be to be like Jesus and to do His will. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Our goal every morning, one of our prayers every single day ought to be, Lord, help me to be a little bit more like Jesus today than I was yesterday. One of the reasons why we pray, read the Word, come to church, is that as we practice these disciplines, we would uh, become a little bit more like Jesus. Christ would be formed in us just a little bit more. Paul said to the Corinthians, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty as uh, the King James says. The word spirit there is the word pneuma in the Greek, uh, which means um, it, it's a Greek word to describe a principle or a concept. And really there was, there was no word uh, in the Greek language to actually describe this. And so they, they use the word spirit, but it's, but it's, not, it's not a great word. Uh, the word. The word pneuma there in the Greek means a breath or it means a, a current of air. It's a bit like, you know... That's, that's, that's what that word spirit or pneuma actually means. And what it's saying, listen really carefully, because this is a really important principle. What it's saying is that where the Spirit of God is, where the presence of God is, when God is present, something happens in our lives. There is freedom and there is liberty. Can I, can I hear an amen? How we need the presence of God. How we need the presence of God in our lives. How we need the the Spirit of God in our church to move amongst us. Because when the Spirit of God is present, there is freedom, there is liberty. Things change. Circumstances change. 
in our hearts and in our lives. Now, here's the interesting part. The verse goes on to say, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, His presence, listen, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. In other words, this is what God looks like. This is what Jesus looks like. This is what the Spirit looks like. And, And then it goes on to say, and we can look like that as well. And we are being transformed to look like Him, to be like Jesus. In fact, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to form Christ in us. The, the, when, when we get saved, when we give our life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in our hearts. The, the role of the Holy Spirit is not to exalt Himself. The role of the Holy Spirit is to exalt Jesus and to form Christ in us. More sensitive we are to the Holy Spirit, the more we hear His voice, listen to His promptings, obey when He speaks to us, the more like Jesus we will become. Anybody, has has this ever happened to you? You know, you say something or do something and that's not what Jesus would do. And if you're sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, call it whatever you want, but there's this little something inside of you that goes, oh, that wasn't good. And, you know, you just, you just can't shake it off. It's not something, yes, it's, you know, people say, oh, it's the conscience. Well, it is whatever you, you want to call it. It's, it's the voice of the Holy Spirit that says that wasn't good. And then you need to go back and, un, and, and undo whatever it is that you've done or, or just deal with whatever it is that you've done. That's the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to be more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I want to give more room to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit not only um, uh, uh, forms Christ in us, it gives us the power to become like Jesus. Become like Jesus. Well, question, if you had to describe Jesus, how would you do that? In other words, if we're going to become like Jesus, well, what what did Jesus look like? What did he look like? And if if we were to describe him, what kind of qualities or characteristics would we use to describe Jesus? Well, there's a verse that was, that's caught my attention in Revelation chapter 4, but I've been looking at it now for a few weeks, and I, I want to explore it today. So chapter 4, verse 6, if you've got your Bibles. Revelation chapter 4, verse 6. Um, now, we're still not into the juicy part of Revelation. We will get there, and it's only a couple more messages, all right? So, um, but, but listen to this. Verse 6 of chapter 4, it says, Also before the throne there was what looked like a sea of glass, clearest crystal in the center around the throne were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and back the first living creature was like a lion second was like an ox third was like a man the fourth was like a flying eagle this might seem strange to us you know this kind of description about these living creatures one looks like a lion um, an ox uh, a, a man and then and then an eagle might might kind of seem strange to us but the to the people that were actually reading this text way back when John actually wrote this letter, it wasn't strange to them. Because if you go to Ezekiel chapter 1, you'll find practically an identical verse that says their faces look like this. It's Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 10. Each of the four had the face of a human being and on, and on the right side each had the face of a lion, on the left the face of an ox, and then the face of an eagle. These, these, now, these living creatures could mean all kinds of things. These four faces could, could mean all kinds of things. And there's been a lot of speculation about that. Uh, but what some scholars believe is they represent a fourfold picture of Jesus. 
that these four living creatures, these four faces actually represent a fourfold picture of Christ. They represent four qualities, four characteristics of who Jesus actually was. In fact, if you look at the Gospels, each of the Gospels actually portrays one of these key qualities of Jesus' life. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to explore these four qualities. I just pray that God is going to speak to us in the name of Jesus because I really believe that these four qualities are crucial in our life. If we are going to become like Jesus, if we are going to allow the presence of God to, to, to minister in us and then, and then through us, we need to have, at the very least, these four qualities in our lives. These four qualities will help us to be more effective in life, to be everything that God has called us to be, have better marriages, more effective at work, because these four qualities represent the image of who Jesus was. And so we're going to look at this in a bit more detail this morning. I, I just pray that God will speak to us through this passage in Jesus' name. So let's dive into this. The first of the living creatures was like a lion. Uh, the lion speaks to us about power and authority. When you think of a lion, uh, you think about characters, characteristics like power, strength, fearlessness. You know, um, you, you, you don't use uh, qualities like, you know, weakness when you, when you think about a lion. A lion is powerful. Um, a lion is strong. Can I hear an amen? Come on. Anyone have been to the zoo, you know? Um, uh, a, li a lion never worries about the feelings of the deer. You know what I'm talking about? A lion sees a helpless deer and the lion goes, makes a beeline for that deer and the lion doesn't go up to that deer and say, oh, you poor little thing, does it? A lion just sees lunch and a lion goes in for the attack. Um, it just goes after it. If there was one quality that Jesus displayed at times in his life, Jesus wasn't like this all the time, but, but, but at times in Jesus' life, what we saw, we saw the face of a lion. We saw power and strength. So often Jesus is portrayed in photos as having blue eyes, um, long hair, meek and mild. You know, like Jesus wouldn't hurt a fly. They're just these beautiful pictures of, uh, of Jesus. You know, I often look at those pictures and I think, is that a picture of me? No, no sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, that was a joke, just in case anyone's gone seriously, this guy. Um, Jesus was loving and caring. Listen carefully. If, if there were, if there, we're going to look at those in just a minute. We're going to come back to this in just a minute. Jesus was a loving and caring God. No question about that at all. But there were times where he became like a lion. Think about the time when Jesus entered the temple. The temple was meant to be a place where people worship God, connected with God. A little bit like what the church is all about. It's a, it's a place where people were to come and, and lift their hands and begin to worship God, where people could make amends in their lives and get closer to God and to the presence of God. And in order to do that as part of the Old Testament law, they, were, they needed to bring an animal to sacrifice. It was all part of what needed to happen in the Old Testament. And, and some of the people would come from a long distances. And so they, would, they, they wouldn't be able to bring an animal from where they came. And so they would buy an animal at the temple. Uh, and there were people selling animals that they could actually buy. But in order to, 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 to buy those animals, some of them had foreign currencies and they had to change their money uh, in order to, to be able to buy these animals. And, and so at the temple, some people saw this as an opportunity to make money. 
Uh, some people saw this as an opportunity to, you know, make a few bucks at the temple. So they would sell the animals for a lot more. Well, they weren't going to buy them somewhere else. It's not like there was any competition there. This was the only place that they could buy it. And they would make money on the exchange of, 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 the, of the money that they had. So listen to what John says about Jesus. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So how did Jesus deal with this? Because he's seeing a mismatch. Now, wait a minute. The temple's meant to be about this. The temple's meant to be a place of worship where people connect with God. These guys are selling money and making money. It ha doesn't happen today, does it? <clears throat> so Jesus made a whip out of cords. Think about that for a minute. He's watching this and he's going, I don't like this. So he goes away and he makes a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. And he scattered the coins of the money changers and he overturned their tables. Another gospel says he, he, he threw the tables over and, and everything was scattered. And he said, it is written, he said to them, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Meek and mild Jesus, it, the lion comes out of him. There are times in our own life when we need to be the face of a lion. When we see injustice, when we see people manipulating the truth, when we see things that are clearly wrong, we need not be afraid to stand for the truth. There are times when we need to do the right thing irrespective of how people think or what people feel or whatever. We just need to, we need to stand for what is right. We need, to, we need to do what is right, whatever the cost. As a pastor, so often, you know, I talk to other pastors and we, we you know, they talk to me about problems in their churches and, and, you know, and there's always a temptation to be nice to everyone. I don't like people not liking me. I want people to always like me. You know, and I tell these pastors, you know, they, they're a situation. They can take the easy road or they can do the right thing. And I say to them, listen, as pastors, we're not called to be politicians. We're called to do what is right. And at times what is right is going to be just a little bit painful. But so be it because it's the right thing. The only person we need to impress is the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I hear an Amen. There are times in our life when we need the face of a lion. In parenting, there are times when a parent needs to say no because it's the right thing to do. I see parents, at the, you know, many times negotiating with an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old. The, the, the fear is, oh, they're not going to like me if I speak the truth. We're not called to be mates with our children. We're called to be parents in the name of Jesus. Now, we do want to build a relationship. Please don't misunderstand. and Don't take out of context what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is there are times where we need to be the face of a lion and say no, because it's the right thing to do. At work, there are times that we need to just say, just do the right thing. I don't care how people think or what they feel. It's the right thing and we need to stand for truth, whatever the cost may be. Right now, there's a prostitution bill being debated in Parliament. These guys are incredible. We prayed about it on, on, on Wednesday night. These guys go, they, they, they are persistent endurance. 
They come round and round and round in circles. They come back every year. Didn't get it last year. We'll be back next year. Oh, we'll be back the year after. We'll be back the year after that. And if it goes through, we will see prostitutes on our streets. Uh, you know, you, I go to some, I visit some nations of the world. You're driving down the road at night and, and, and they're lined up and, you know, in the streets and so on. And um, now I, I don't care what anyone thinks. I don't think that's going to be good for our city. And please, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to... This is not about individuals. I'm talking about the industry here. Um, and we can just stand by and say, whatever, we, whatever will be, will be. Or we can rise up like a lion and say, not in our city. Uh, someone said, evil prospers because good people say nothing. How true that is so often. The face of a lion. How powerful is the face of a lion? And there are times, and like I said before, you, you, you know, it's not every time, but there, there's times where we need to just stand for what is right. Now, the gospel that corresponds to this is the gospel of Matthew. Right from the opening, Jesus is linked to David, the king of Israel, lion, the king of the jungle. He's the king of Israel. Matthew presents Jesus, the son of God, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He presents his miraculous birth, powerful teaching, miracles, victory over death, the whole resurrection and death of Jesus. Jesus asks his disciples one day, he says, who do people say that I am? What are people saying? And, and, and Peter, you know, pikes up and says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus says, you're right. Jesus not only displayed power and authority in the natural, he did it in the spiritual realm as well. One time he was crossing a lake when, when his disciples, um, with his disciples and a storm came out of nowhere. Disciples thought they were going to drown, so they called Jesus. And the Bible says he got up and he rebuked the storm. He rebuked it. There are times when we need to rise up like a lion and take authority over spiritual storms. In Jesus' name. And the enemy comes against us in our marriage, in our home. To rise up like a lion. In Jesus' name. If we're to be everything that God has called us to be, we need to develop the face of a lion. <laughs> we, we need to pray, Lord, help me to have the courage to stand for what is right. Because it's not easy to do. I don't care what anyone says. Now, for some people, the line comes easy. You know what I'm saying? They, they have no trouble. <laughs> they growl in the morning. They growl at lunchtime. They growl at, at noontime. I mean, they're just growling all the time. Anybody, anybody, you know, they say things like, I just like to say it the way it is. You know what I mean? Anybody, anybody got someone sitting next to them right now that are a bit like that? They're just lions. They're, they're all the time. These people have got pictures of Donald Trump in their, in their home. You know what I'm saying? They, just, uh, they practice saying China, China. <laughs> Listen, we need to be careful because if all we have is the face of a lion, we can do a lot of damage. And so we need to balance it with some of the other qualities. Uh, second of the living creatures was like an ox. It speaks of humility and servanthood. Uh, the ox was the consummate servant. It was either plowing the field or giving its life as a sacrifice. The ox just plowed the field day in and day out. The gospel that shows this is actually the gospel of Mark. 
Matthew and Luke begin with genealogies of Jesus. They talk about, you know, uh, where, when, when Jesus was born and, 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 and uh, the family line of Jesus, of Jesus. John begins with, in the beginning, God. Mark, on the other hand, and you, you'll notice this as you read the Gospel of Mark, Mark goes just straight into the life of Jesus, doesn't waste any time. Why does the Gospel of Mark actually do that? Let me tell you why. Because who wants to know the genealogy of a servant? I mean, of a king and of a prince and of a leader. Yeah, tell me, tell me the line. The, tell me the family line. But of a servant, who cares who their parents were? There was one quality that Jesus demonstrated in his life. It was servanthood. One time Jesus said to them, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercised authority over them. Not so with you. Come on, everybody say, not so with you. One more time. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave. Just as the Son of God didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom with you. Not so with you. That's what everybody else does. That's what the world does. That's what everybody you know, aims for, but not, not with you. One of the qualities that ought to distinguish followers of Jesus Christ is the, is the quality of a servant. If we're going to be everything that God has called us to be, if we're going to be everything that God has created us to be, we need to develop the, the face of a lion or, or the characteristics of strength. At times in our life, we need to show strength. But more than that, we also need to have the face of an ox. We need to develop the, the quality of servanthood in our hearts. Paul says to the Philippians, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Oh, that's easy to do, isn't it? Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of other people. I think we should take that verse out of the Bible. Maybe we just... In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who what? Who gave his life for us. I don't care who you are here today, all of us will struggle with this area because all of us wants to be number one. No one wants to be number two. It's important that we understand servanthood is not about position. Some people say, well, I, well, I shouldn't go for that promotion because, you know, I just want to be a servant. It's not about the position. It's about an attitude of the heart. The greater the position, the greater responsibility to serve. Am I here for me or am I here for others? Am I here for the well-being of myself or am I here for the well-being of others? If we're to be everything God wants us to be, we need to have the heart of a servant. We need to pray, Lord, open my eyes that I can see the needs around me. Because you cannot serve what you cannot see. Now, here in the church, we, we, are, we are strong about this, and, and uh, certainly one of our values is uh, develop an attitude of, 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 of the servant. One of the things we do on Friday nights is, is, is we serve those people in need, and, and, and uh, we want to do more of that kind of stuff. I've been, been challenged recently to just to believe for more. There's a church in New Zealand giving away $20 million to community services a year. That's incredible. It's amazing. What a mark in our city, in the, in, the, in the nation. They're giving away so much money to community services. It's powerful. It's such a difference that we can make. But listen carefully. So, so often we see that, and it's important to see the poor and the needy. The Bible commands us to do that. 
But how many people are there in our neighborhood, colleagues at work, friends that are in need? You, you can be poor in different ways. We can be poor financially, but how many people know you can be poor uh, emotionally as well? You could be in need emotionally as well, spiritually in need. I pray that God would open our eyes, that we could see the needs around us and be a servant in the name of Jesus. I'm convinced that marriages would be better if couples learned to serve each other. Why, why, why are there so many problems in marriage? One of the, one of the issues in marriage is, is, uh, is couples are, are competing for control. Who's the boss? <laughs> Who's in control? Are you an amen? I'm convinced that if couples learned to serve each other, marriages would be different. Amen? It's bigger men from the front. Quality of a servant is powerful. Even if you don't know God, quality of a servant is powerful. If you're an employer, you've got two people, one is the heart of a servant and the other one doesn't, which one is going to get promoted? The one with the heart of a servant. The heart of a servant is powerful. And we need to pray consistently. Lord, help me to be a servant. Help me to be like an ox. <laughs> help me to have the heart of, of servant and humility. And, and sometimes it's a battle. We need to pray for that. Third of the living creatures was like a man that speaks of love and compassion. There's a quality we all need to develop in our lives. is gentleness, kindness, tenderness. As we look at the life of Jesus, he was filled with compassion towards people. The gospel that portrays the humanity of Jesus was the gospel of Luke. Luke was writing to a Greek audience and he, he begins with the genealogy in Luke actually starts with Adam, which kind of shows, hey, Jesus was a man like us. He was a man like us. Luke has more parables than any other gospel showing the, that, that we can relate to Jesus, that Jesus could relate to us because he understands our life and what we're going through. I was reading through uh, the gospels recently and, and look, look at this verse here, Luke chapter 4, 22. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? Well, how would you describe Jesus? What, people have all these preconceived ideas about what God is like or what Jesus was like. And, and, and here's this one verse that kind of captures, well, what was Jesus like? All spoke well of him. They spoke well of him. Why? Because they were amazed at how gracious his words were. He was beautiful. Easy to listen to. I pray that people would say that about us. Can I hear an Amen. That, that, we, that, we, that people would say about you and me, I just can't believe how gracious they are. We're living in a world today where people are argumentative, unforgiving, impatient, sometimes outright rude. Can I hear an amen? Is that true? Is that true? Is that being your experience? No, nowhere is this more true than on the roads. Come on. How many crazy drivers uh, are out there, huh? They're not in this church. All of us are beautiful drivers. No road ragers in this church. No, no, no. We're Christian. We go to Life Christian Center. We're cool. Uh, I am a great driver. I just want to say that humbly. Um, but, but occasionally I do make a mistake. Recently, I, I, I'd driven out of a street just a little bit. My nose, the, the car was just out a little bit too far. This guy in this truck comes along, right? And he's, and he's signs and gestures and saying some things which 
I, I'm not a lip reader, but it didn't sound good, you know. He's talking to me. <laughs> and he's waving in his hands. And the now, I, I can't help myself in those situations. I start laughing when I, when I see that. I just, start, I just think, this guy, what, what, what's happening to him? You know, what kind of a day is he having? He was in the morning, for goodness sake. For followers of Jesus Christ, we need to develop the face of a man. Be gracious. Jesus was gracious and he was compassionate. It's beautiful. The Bible says that when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion. Peers again and again in the scriptures. And he healed their sick. When, when was the last time we were moved with compassion? When, when was the last time we, we were moved in such a way? Love someone and help someone. We're so busy today. Our lives are so jam-packed. It's like how our world used to be this big. Our world is this big now because that's all we can see. We're on a mission. You know, we're going somewhere. Where we're going, we're not sure. No, not even sure. Not even know where we're going. But we're going somewhere. <laughs> our best friend today has become Siri. We talk more to Siri than we talk to other people in our lives. Hmm. We need to pray, Lord, help me to be more gracious. Come on, church. More loving, caring, gentle. One of our values in the, in, in the church here, one of them is, it's great, G-R-E-A-T. The R stands for relationship. It's not just about what we do, it's also about how we do it. And one of the things that we need to do continuously is be gracious in the name of Jesus. Do you know why we need to be gracious? Because there are times where we need grace towards ourselves in the name of How gracious has God been with you and me? How we need the grace of God. There are, there are times where we're going to need the love of God. There are times where we're going to need people to be patient with us. And so we are patient. With the, with the, with the, with the shovel that you use towards us, others, that same shovel is going to be used back. Towards you. We need to pray, Lord. Help me to be more gracious and loving and caring. Fourth of the living creatures was like an eagle that speaks of excellence and discipline. There's a quality we need to develop in our lives. It's the quality of excellence and discipline. The gospel that represents this is the gospel of John. It begins right at the beginning, clearly setting out who Jesus was. In the beginning, God. In John, there are the seven I am's. I'm the bread of life. I am uh, the door, I am the resurrection and the life. There's seven signs or, or miracles of Jesus. If you, if you go through the book of John, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful study of the book of John. Seven being the number for completeness and perfection. If you, if you read the gospel of John, you'll see that over half the gospel is dedicated to one week of Jesus' life. The detail that's in there about the death and the resurrection of Jesus. There's a quality that we need to develop in our lives. Listen carefully, church. It's the quality of excellence, discipline. It's a great verse in the book of Daniel. Now, Daniel has so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Listen, Daniel was not necessarily distinguishing, but he distinguished himself with certain qualities. What made Daniel stand out were the qualities in his heart and in his life. 
Eagle speaks of poise, excellence, and dignity. Speaks to us about doing life with an excellent spirit. Come on, church, listen. Attention to detail. Discipline. Being on time. Finance in order. Clean car. Sort of a bit of nudging there. So many gifted people never reach their potential because of a lack of discipline. So many average people do really, really well because they have an excellent spirit. Excellent spirit. Nothing more powerful than to see things done really well. Nothing. Nothing more powerful than seeing things done really well. But watching Federer or Djokovic play tennis. They're just machines. Just love watching the, the, the accuracy, the precision, you know, of these guys playing tennis. It's just outstanding. Ronaldo plays soccer. Should be playing for Naples. But anyway, it's another story. Watching a gifted musician. Crows play football. Excellence. It's just an amazing thing. Just watching the precision is just outstanding. It's just an amazing thing. Excellence, listen carefully, is not being the best, but doing the best with what you have. And as a church, one of the values is excellent. One of our values is excellence. It's doing the best with what we have. You got $5 in your pocket? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna squeeze every cent that we possibly can out of, out of every dollar that we can. We're not here yet. We're not there yet. But as a church, we want to provide the best music that we can. We've got, we got some outstanding musicians. They're all volunteers. And they practice during the week. Because when they walk onto this stage, they want to they provide the best for you as a congregation. The best for us. Come on. We want to have a great venue. We, we don't, we don't want to. No one goes to a two-star hotel. No one, no one looks for a resort. Oh, forget the five-star. I want to stay in a two-star resort. You know. And yet sometimes people think the church ought to be two-star. This is the house of God in the name of Jesus. And the building reflects our value for God. Great facilities for children we want to have. Great programs. We'll treat people well. In Jesus' name. Do everything with a spirit of excellence. Do everything with a, with a spirit of doing the best with what you have. Why? Because one of the qualities that describes God is excellence. He gave His best for you and for me. He didn't go to, he didn't go to his, see, well, the options that he had and he didn't choose the worst option. He chose the best option. He chose his one and only son to give his life for you and me. And so often with God, we're just giving our leftovers. No, we give God our best. I know we don't like to talk about finance, but... But, you know, the book of Malachi talks about you're giving God the first fruits of, of, of what God has given you. It's an understanding. God has given so much to me. And I give God the first. It's honoring God and respecting God. for What he has. Doing things with an excellent spirit. The face of an eagle. Way before there was the disc, Myers-Briggs. Caleric, sanguine, you know, melancholic, phlegmatic. There was Revelation chapter 4, verse 7. First living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. Third had the face of a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. 
Four qualities. Simple message. Come on, church. Simple message. Simple message. But if we have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, these are four qualities that will change our lives. Face of a lion. From time to time, we need to have power and authority, not be afraid. Now, now for some people, it comes easy. For other people, it's a real challenge. And sometimes some of us need to pray for courage to stand for what is right. Then there's the face of an ox, humility and servanthood. For some people, this comes really easy. They just, oh, I just, I just want to be a servant. It's fantastic. Sometimes we need to, the, 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 the person who's humble and a servant needs to, needs to pray for, for, for courage to be that lion at times. Face of a man with love and compassion. It's the face of an eagle, discipline and excellence. Four qualities that will help us be everything that God has called us to be. Question, how do we develop those qualities? Paul said to the Corinthians, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit, the pneuma. There's that word again, pneuma. Greatest thing that we can do is give our life to Jesus. It's saying, I I wanna become a disciple of Jesus. And when we make that decision, the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit comes and starts to talk to us about forming Christ inside of us. Sometimes... uh, Sometimes we, we react like a lion and we shouldn't have reacted like a lion. The Holy Spirit says, Mm-mm, not this time. You need to be gentle. So He begins to shape our character to be more like Jesus. And then there are times when the Holy Spirit is stirring. We don't, we don't want to face this thing. I don't, I don't want to face it. I don't want to face it. But the Holy Spirit starts to... T- Stirring out. Numa is the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do stuff we couldn't ordinarily do in our own strength. And the Holy Spirit will help us to know when to be a lion, when to be a man, an ox, and an eagle. Four qualities each of us needs to develop in our lives to be everything that God has called us to be. Now, as, as I'm reading this, all of us will be able to say, you know what, I'm really strong at this one. I'm not so strong at this other one. Good to know what you're good at. That's always really important. I don't want to put that down at all. Which, which one of those is one that you, 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 you're good at? That's great. Recognize that. But also recognize the one that needs some work. And start to pray, Lord, help me to be more like whatever it is you need in your life. Say, Lord, I want to develop all four of these qualities in my life, not just one of them. Hey, Pastor Job, I'm really good at being an eagle. I don't need the others. Not true. All of us are called to be gentle because Jesus was gentle. All of us are called to be a servant because He was a servant. All of us are called to be a person of authority at times. Strength in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? Stand together. Now, couples and also people that have friends, good friends here, could be a good source of discussion at home this week. (laughs) Which one are you? (laughs) 
Don't get into an argument because that would be bad, all right? Don't, 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 don't. This is about encouraging one another. Some of you might have to say, you growl a little bit too much. You need to deal with that. But it's good to have a chat about this stuff. And to be able to, Lana's looking at me, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's not going to be good. Only joking. I'm a servant. <laughs> I say that humbly. Uh, I just want to pray that God will form. Why, why, why do we want Christ to be formed in us? Why? So that the Spirit of God would come through us. So the pneuma, the Spirit of the Lord, would come through us. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and there is liberty. And so, Lord, I just thank you for your word. You just, you just continue to surprise us and amaze us how powerful and how practical your word actually is. Let this word become a rhema in our hearts. Let this word become a rhema in our spirit that we would be used by you in a mighty and a powerful way. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Amen. Amen. There may be some people here today, you want prayer. I'm going to be here, but I've got time to pray with you. Please feel free to come. If you need any questions about church, go to the guest lounge. They'll be happy to serve you. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus' name.